There are two strikes against this woman in Jewish society. One, she was a Samaritan. Two, she was a woman. Now let's look at the Samaritan side. The Samaritans and the Jews, as scripture speaks to briefly, hated, the, hated each other. And this hatred has been building for almost 400 years. You see, when the uh, Jews in Palestine or in Judah were uh, conquered and they were carried off into, uh, uh, carried off into exile, the um, Samaritans remained in Judah. And they continued to uh, stay in there and worship the way they wanted to worship. And they started intermarrying and intermingling with the local people, which was a no-no in Jewish society. You only marry Jews. You only associate with Jews. And they started doing the opposite. Well, when the um, exiled Jews returned because the Cyrus the Great, who was... Uh, in charge of Persia at the time and controlled the whole area, he allowed the Jews to return to rebuild their temple. And the Samaritans said, well, we want to help out. Well, the Orthodox Jews said, no, you can't help. You've done what was wrong in Jewish society. You intermarried with other uh, people. Therefore, you are not a Jew and you cannot help us build the temple. If you want to read about that, that's in Ezra and Nehemiah. But that caused the first friction between the two. And for 400 years, it just kept building and building and building. So by the time we get to Jesus, the Samaritans hated the Jews intensely. And the Jews hated the Samaritans. All right, now let's look at it from the standpoint of her being a woman. A good Orthodox Jew would never talk to a woman in public. It's a no-no. If, if a rabbi talked to a woman in public, he was basically kicked out of being a rabbi. Now, I'm sorry, women, but that's the way society was at that time. Matter of fact, they had a name for a certain type of Pharisees, and it was uh, the bloody and bruised Pharisees. Well, they called them the bloody and bruised Pharisees because they were so strict in their view that if they saw a woman in public, they closed their eyes and kept walking. So they ran into walls, and they ran into houses, and they had blood all over their faces. I was sharing that story with our office staff and Jamie said, well, they deserved it. <laughs> they probably did. So we have here Jesus coming upon a, a scene with a, a, a Samaritan woman and being a woman. Radical story. He was breaking all the rules. And he was willing to sit down and actually talk to her. 
Even this woman was a little intrigued. She, she was saying, you know, you're a Jew. Why would you be speaking to me? I'm a woman, and not only that, I'm a Samaritan. Now, he spoke to her of living water that would refresh her forever. Now, notice, you know, she was at the well collecting water. And he was talking about water. Well, she misunderstood what he was talking about. And she said, she said, well, I know that the Messiah is coming, the Messiah called the Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. He'll explain living water. And Jesus, of course, says, I'm him. I'm the Messiah. She still didn't get it. She knows that the Messiah is coming and she's, she waits for him to explain everything. He's coming. He, she didn't realize that he's right in front of her. He's coming to explain everything, make sense of her life. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was trying to make sense of her messed up life. And I would say many of us are doing the same. We're still waiting for Christ to come fix things in our life. To fix things that have bothered our hearts. We keep waiting for that inspirational moment when God's just going to awaken us to what we need to do. We keep waiting for him to come and tell us where to go or how to react to certain things. We keep looking for him to come, not realizing that he's already here. <coughs> he's going to come and help us and save us, isn't he? Well, where is he? Now, where's the focus of the Samaritan woman? What's her purpose? Her purpose is that she wants her task to be taken care of. She's tired of going down to the well and getting water and carrying it all the way back. Well, I don't blame her. I mean, she has to do that almost daily. And he's talking about something different than relieving her of her burden. Jesus was bringing her sharply up against the facts of her life, facts that would show to her that she needed something different in her life. She needed to change something. And it had nothing to do with her carrying water back and forth. Jesus was looking inside her soul and what she was missing. I think we do the same. We focus too much on the present circumstances in our life. We spend so much time making sure that we get all our emails or our texts and we respond immediately because we need to contact them. And we, maybe we run into a wall once in a while because of our faces and our smartphones. We don't look ahead. Possibly we're, we're bloody and bruised Pharisees. But that's often where Jesus is beckoning us to come. He's saying to us, look at me. Listen to me. You need to trust me. Many times he's, he's right in front of us like the woman and he's speaking to us and he's explaining to us our life. He's offering us water to refresh our souls. 
but we don't see them or hear them or don't want to see them or hear them. You know, you've seen the scenario where a mom's talking to her child and trying to give some direction and the child is doing the old, you know, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. We're doing the same thing to God. I remember years ago, I had the opportunity to go to London and I had to go down and see the uh, Buckingham Palace. And there were the guards, those famous guards that are standing. And I, like an idiot, I went to in front of them and I wanted to see what I could do. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised I wasn't arrested because I was right in front doing all this and trying to get them to move and trying to have them snicker or do something. Now, they stayed plain face looking at this ding-dong that's acting crazy. We do the same. We stare right at Jesus and look right through him. And he said, hello, I'm here. I'm right here. Let's look at what's going on in your life. She was looking for a way out of her daily drudgery. She was looking for a physical relief, but Jesus was offering spiritual relief. She was seeking comfort for her weary body, but Jesus was offering something for her weary soul. He was explaining why she needed this living water. She was expo he was exposing her present circumstances. She's been hiding behind this facade about all the things that are troubling her in her life, and Jesus was looking right through it and was pointing to her about things that she didn't want to look at. He wanted to lift the burden that she's been carrying all her life. Advent is actually a time to do that, to look at your life, look at what's holding you back, looking at what's weighing you down and allow Christ to help you move it away so that you can live, so you can feel the true joy of life that God has given to you. Jesus wants to touch our souls. He wants to mend our hearts. He wants to correct our errors. He wants to relieve our spiritual burdens. And how does he do that? He helps us face ourselves. Our weaknesses, our struggles, our addictions. We miss the true meaning of Christmas if we miss this understanding of Advent. We miss the true meaning of Christmas because we are looking to relieve our, our physical needs. Our preparations are all off, off kilter. Christmas prep could be a cover-up, actually, for the brokenness in our lives. You see uh, along the streets all these beautiful homes that are decorated to the hilt. And I love to go through neighborhoods and see these beautiful homes, but I often wonder... What's going on behind the door? Is the family falling apart? Is there a child that's thinking of suicide? 
Are there issues that are burdening these families? And all you see is the beautiful home. And you know nothing about the inside. Jesus is wanting to knock on that door and find out the inside, to point the inside out and to give them hope. This poor woman that Jesus ran into, I think, feels lost. It feels alone, trying to hide all of her troubles. She feels broken. She feels beaten. And I think many of us do too. She's hiding. She's covering it up. You know, we, we prepare our house, we prepare our neighborhood, our office, but, but we don't pay attention to our heart. We go to the well every day, but still we are thirsty. Every year at Christmas is a time to offer yourself a special gift. And this gift is what Christ calls the living water. What is that? It's the water that flows through your soul and purifies and cleanses it. It transforms the way you look at the world around you. The way you respond to the world and what you do or what you say or what you, how you act. Advent is that time to prepare your heart to receive this gift. Time to look sharply at the facts of your life so that you don't have to hide anymore. You notice that the woman asks for this water so that she will no longer be thirsty. And how does Jesus respond? Well, go call your husband and come back. What? It didn't seem like he was answering her question. And yet he was trying to get her to think about her life. And she started by telling the truth. My dear friends, at this Christmas time, it is the time for you to receive that gift. We're getting all types of gifts. Things, stuff that we probably don't really need. And we love opening up presents. But there's one present that every one of you need. And that's having Christ in your heart who can relieve you of what you're dealing with, can help you walk through the fires of your life, and to, to relieve your burden, to let it go. That's the greatest gift you could ever receive. And that's what Jesus wants for you.